The rich keep getting richer. As a group, the richest people in America are $500 billion richer. Aided by rebounding stock markets and an AI-driven tech boom, they now hold $4.5 trillion in wealth, tying a record set in 2021. Hi, everybody. I'm Brittany Lewis with Forbes Breaking News. Joining me now is Senior Wealth Editor Chase Peterson-Withorn. Chase, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I want to extend a big congratulations. The Forbes 400 has dropped. Before we get right into it, can you explain what is the Forbes 400? Yeah, so the Forbes 400 is our ranking of the 400 richest people in America. Uh, we've been doing it since 1982. Uh, it started out, you had to have $100 million to make the list, and now you have to have $2.9 billion to make the list. So. Uh, it's harder and harder to be one of the 400 richest Americans, and we've been tracking it for a long time. $2.9 billion to make the list. That's a huge number, and that's probably why you reported it's a good year to be on the list. So can you describe the 2023 landscape for us a bit? Yeah, so, you know, it tends, the rich tend to get richer. Uh, you know, there's a, a lot of truth to that statement, and we've sort of collected the data to sort of, that's, that sort of bears that out. Uh, for many years, but last year was sort of an anomaly where the rich by and large did not get richer. Uh, the cutoff to make the list dropped and the total wealth of everybody, everybody on the list dropped uh, for the first time since the Great Recession last year. So this year, uh, billionaires in America have basically come roaring back. Uh, they've added a collective $500 billion to their net worths. And as a whole, the Forbes 400 is worth $4.5 trillion. Uh, which ties the record that they set in 2021. So basically it's a, a year of great rebounds for a lot of America's wealthiest people. 2023, I guess you could call the roaring 20s for the richest Americans. And who tops that list? Let's cut to the chase right now. Who's number one? Yeah, so number one richest person in America is Elon Musk. Uh, he's worth about $251 billion. And uh, he was number one last year, and he was actually worth $251 billion by our count last year. So uh, pretty rare for, uh, for someone to end up right where they were at the top of the list. But uh, it was anything but a stagnant year for Elon Musk, who, you know, made headlines pretty much every day. Uh, you know, a year ago, he had yet to buy Twitter. Uh, and a year later, uh, he owns Twitter, and now it's X. And he's been using it to, uh, you know, challenge Mark Zuckerberg to cage fights and get in fights with, uh, you know, the president of uh, Ukraine and, and all of that. And Tesla stock has gone up and then it's gone way down and now it's back up again. So, uh, you know, a wild year for Elon Musk, but he is indeed the richest person in America. Uh, and he ended up just as rich as he was last year. There really wasn't a day that went by in 2023 where Elon Musk didn't make headlines or waves in some way, shape or form. But is he does he have a comfortable lead at number one or is anyone on his coattails? Yeah, no, he has a comfortable lead at number one. He's 90 billion dollars ahead of uh, number two billion with a B. Uh, <laughs> number two is Jeff Bezos of Amazon. Uh, we have him at about one hundred and sixty one billion dollars. So Musk has uh, has a comfortable lead, although I think he was $100 billion ahead of Bezos last year. So, uh, you know, I guess Bezos narrowed the lead just a little bit, but uh, has a long way to go. Yeah, Bezos is inching a little closer, but I do want to talk about number three, and that is Oracle's Larry Ellison. You're reporting that he added more dollars to his net worth than anyone in America over the past year. How do you do it? 
Yeah. Uh, so basically, you know, Oracle stock is way up the, the software company that, that Larry Ellison founded. And um, it's, uh, it's an example of which there are many of tech billionaires who had a really bad 2022 uh, having a, a much better run over the past 12 months. And so, and a lot of that has really been driven by this sort of rabid investor enthusiasm for artificial intelligence stocks and companies that might benefit from AI, companies that might um, supply AI companies and, and, you know, and, and things like that. And so Oracle is one of those companies. So yeah, Ellison added $57 billion to his net worth and he's now the, the third richest person in America. But there are a lot of tech billionaires that have gained uh, you know, a, lot of, uh, a lot of wealth because of this. The most notable is probably Jensen Huang, who is the co-founder and CEO of NVIDIA, uh, which makes a ton of the chips used to sort of power AI systems. Uh, you know, he basically added, uh, he's up more than 200% uh, as NVIDIA stock is up more than 200% over the last 12 months. Uh, and so he's in the top 20 now for the, for the first time ever. And so, uh, so yeah, just a, just a great year for a lot of tech billionaires and, and Ellison is, uh, you know, cashed in on that in dollar terms, uh, you know, more than anywhere. That's a really interesting trend because these tech billionaires saw, had a poor 2022. I mean, relatively speaking, obviously <laughs> a good 2023. Is there any indication of where the AI boom will go? Will it make these tech billionaires even richer in 2024? Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a great question. You know, there's been a lot of, uh, you know, sort of speculation about sort of this AI um, boom and whether it's a bubble and how sustainable all of it is. And of course, it's uh, sort of uh, impossible to say. But, um, but you know, I think a lot of these um, tech stocks have sort of backed off a little bit since we locked the list in. Um, you know, the whole list is as of September 8th. And even just in the recent couple of weeks, uh, you know, some of these shares have sort of cooled down a little bit as maybe investors have um, been a little bit more uh, selective, I guess, in um, in bidding up certain stocks and not sort of all tech stocks or anything that's sort of AI adjacent. But, you know, Bill Gates had come out over the past year and said that he thinks that this technology is, um, you know, just as big as the, the internet and mobile phones. And, you know, and if that's sort of the case and that's what the future is, then uh, any sort of retreat right now is probably a short-term thing. You know, all, all these AI people uh, might end up being extremely, extremely wealthy next year and five years from now and 10 years from now. I mean, if it's the equivalent of looking at sort of software companies or computer companies in the 70s, uh, then, you know, it's a little silly to think about, uh, you know, if Steve Jobs and Apple was worth more or less between 1978 and 1979, you know, when you think about the long term of where they're going to be in 1999 and, and 2009 and 2019. Uh, yeah. Larry Ellison had a good year. Tech tycoons had a good year. But I do want to now look at the flip side here. You said the rich did get richer, but did anyone, maybe that, you know, that didn't come true for them. Anyone's net worth take a plunge, maybe so much so that they are no longer part of the Forbes 400. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, it's a dynamic list and you have people who are gaining a lot of money every year. You have people who are giving away a lot of money every year. And you have people who are losing a lot of money every year, you know, as shares of their companies uh, become worth less and less. And uh, and this year, you know, the, the minimum net worth to make the list went up to 2.9 billion from 2.7 last year. So even people who uh, just held steady, that wasn't good enough. You know, if you if you just held on to how much money you had a year ago, 
uh, you might not be worth enough to make the 400. And so between uh, people getting passed up and people losing a lot of money, uh, yeah, several people dropped off the list. And the most notable one of all is, is certainly Donald Trump, uh, you know, who's down about uh, 19% from last year, I think. Uh, he was at 3.2 billion, now we have him at 2.6 billion. Uh, and that's basically because Truth Social um, sort of isn't panning out, maybe the way that the former president might have hoped. And investors are uh, less enthusiastic uh, nowadays, you know, as, as compared to how they were, you know, in recent years. Uh, and then, you know, he has a lot of uh, commercial real estate, and uh, some of that stuff is sort of hurting. You know, a, a lot of uh, you know office space and, and things like that are just maybe not doing as well as they were before the pandemic. And that's, uh, you know. He's got plenty of other uh, sort of issues with his legal challenges and, and all of that. So all that stuff, you know, is, has not been kind to, to Donald Trump's net worth over the past 12 months. But he's not the only one. Um, you know, Charlie Ergen, uh, the Dish Network founder, uh, Dish Stock is down a lot. There's a lot of cable cutting, um, you know, a lot of issues sort of in, in his empire. He fell off the Forbes 400 this year, uh, been on for a very long time. A few years ago, he was worth $20 billion, uh, which would have comfortably put you on the Forbes 400. Uh, but also Evan Spiegel and Bobby Murphy, the co-founders of Snap, um, you know, Snapchat um, is sort of hit with um, with sort of declining ad revenue and, and some issues with, uh, you know, Apple letting people opt out certain things. And uh, and so the Snap billionaires uh, are also off the list this year. What about a what about billionaire redemption arc, so to speak? Anyone fall off the list and is now returning and is back on? Uh, yeah, several people uh, are sort of returnees. Uh, it's, uh, it's, you know, like I said, it's a dynamic list. And so, um, you know, I guess the most notable one is probably um, Brian Acton, who's the co-founder of WhatsApp, uh, but also Maggie Hardy, who's maybe a lesser known billionaire, but she took over uh, 84 Lumber, which is sort of the lumber supply company, and, uh, and has grown it into a, a big operation. And, uh, she uh, it sort of faltered a bit during the Great Recession, but she sort of built it back. And so she's she's back on the list. And so I think there are um, well, maybe a half dozen or so people who uh, I think maybe 10 or so people who used to be on the 400 and were off for at least a year and are now back on. But it's kind of a hard feat to, to master because there are people passing you up you know, all the time. Chase, you said earlier that the bare minimum to get on this list is 2.9 billion. That is billion with a B. So the barrier here is really high. Who are the new faces then that made the cut? Yeah, so you know several newcomers made the 400 for the first time, even though you know it requires uh, having a, a whole lot of money. Uh, the most famous one is certainly Michael Jordan. Uh, the basketball great um, made a, a good amount of money during his playing career, and you know, toward the end of his career, he was the highest-paid player in the NBA. But it's all sort of chump change compared to how much money he's made off Nike. You know, he gets a cut of uh, of the, any Jordan branded anything that Nike sells, and they sell a lot of it. And so he's making you know well over a hundred million dollars a year. You know, well into the uh, sort of nine figures uh, before taxes from all of that. And that money sort of adds up. And then he made a really smart investment in an MBA team. And MBA values have, uh, have really skyrocketed. And so he, uh, just a couple months ago, uh, agreed to sell a majority stake of the Charlotte Hornets at a $3 billion valuation, which is 17 times more than the team was worth uh, when he became the lead owner in 2010. And so uh, basically Nike money 
and uh, a smart investment in, uh, in an NBA team. I put Michael Jordan on the list. In this conversation, I'm, we've talked about Michael Jordan, Larry Ellison, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk. What I'm hearing is a lot of men. What about the women? Who are the ladies on the list? Yeah, so unfortunately, it's, uh, it is definitely a male-dominated list. Um, it has been for, you know, since the beginning. And, uh, and you know, the, the share of women on the list is certainly growing, uh, but it's certainly growing slowly. Uh, you know, it's it's difficult to uh, to sort of break into these ranks of great wealth when you uh, you know aren't starting maybe with a level playing field, uh, and so um, so it, there are sixty women on the Forbes four hundred. Um, only twelve of them are self made. Uh, the richest self made woman is Diane Hendricks, who co founded uh, ABC Supply, which is a roofing supply business and uh and she's worth 19.3 billion dollars but like i said she's one of only a dozen self-made women to to break into the 400. the richest woman of all is alice walton who's an heir to the walmart fortune her uh father sam walton founded walmart and uh she was the richest woman for many years and was sort of knocked into second place last year but walmart stock is up this year and she's back to being the wealthiest woman in america but like i said it's it's 60 out of 400 so uh certainly a lot of men on the list. And 12 of those women, as you said, are self-made. So I'm interested, in what's, I'm interested in what the breakdown is between self-made and those who inherited their wealth, generational wealth. What does that look like? Yeah, so uh, the list is mostly a list of self-made billionaires. 70% um, of the Forbes 400 made their fortune. Um, and not to say that they didn't get help along the way, uh, as many of them would be the first to tell you, and as some of them would never tell you. Uh, but you know, you're categorized as self-made if you created the company um, that that made you wealthy rather than inheriting it. And so, 70% of the list uh, did that. But we score all the billionaires on uh, sort of how self-made because there are so many degrees of that. And so, you have um, you know the vast majority of the self-made billionaires on the 400. Uh, grew up either middle class or, or upper middle class. Uh, there aren't a ton of examples of, uh, of billionaires who sort of did the complete rags to riches. You know, we have, but, but there are, uh, but there are plenty. You know, there are billionaires who used to be homeless and billionaires who survived the Holocaust and all sorts of stuff to to amass great wealth and become these great success stories. But uh, but you know, there's also plenty of heirs on the list too. Thirty percent of the list, you know, inherited their fortune. Uh, in one way or another. And uh, some of those are doing, uh, you know, very little with it. And others inherited, you know, small or medium companies and have grown them into really big companies, but uh, but got a serious leg up along the way. So it really spans the gamut um, to make the 400, you know, people come from all walks of life. And amassing this amount of wealth must take some time at least to get some billions under your belt. What's the age range of this list? Yeah, so the average age is 70. Uh, so, you know, it's certainly a list of, uh, of largely older people, uh, you know, it's a compound interest, uh, you know, it takes a long time, uh, to sort of, uh, for things to snowball and for people to, to sort of build companies that are bigger and, uh, big enough and, uh, and, you know, successful enough to make them billionaires. But there are plenty of, you know, young members of the list too. There are 11 who are 42 or younger. I think there are four who are under the age of 40. Uh, you know, so it's it's certainly possible to get rich really young, um, but it's by and large a list of people who uh, who made their money maybe later in life because it takes time. Uh, and, and I guess the other component of it is, 
you know, a lot of these people get on this list and they tend to stay on this list. You know, when you have wealth like this, you can't spend it all. Uh, it'd be very difficult to spend it all in your lifetime. And so, uh, you know, so some of these people might have been on since 1982. Uh, and so, uh, you know, they might be 80 or 90 now, but they might have been 40 when, you know, they first became billionaires or something like that. So, so between it taking a long time to become rich and it being pretty hard to, to sort of lose a lot of money when you have a lot of money, you end up with, uh, with definitely a lot of uh, older people on a list like this. You saying you can't spend it all, that, that had my wheels turning a bit here. And I have a question for you. We obviously know that this is an extremely wealthy group, but is it an especially charitable one? Yeah. Um, well, it's a list uh, in some ways of the great philanthropists in America. These are people whose names are on countless uh, buildings on college campuses across the nation, wings of some of the most prestigious art museums in the world. Um, these are, you know, people who are heralded as, you know, enormous philanthropists, and a lot of them are. Uh, but they're not as generous as, uh, as you might think. Uh, you know, we score everybody, we try to count up all of their known lifetime giving, whatever we can find. And uh, the vast, vast majority of these billionaires have given away far less than 20% of their net worth, and uh, most of the time, less than 5% of their net worth. And of course that can be 5% of a big number, you know, and so it might be hundreds of millions of dollars, but these are people who have billions and billions of dollars still to give. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, not necessarily the most charitable bunch, but there are um, 10 billionaires who've given away at least 20% of their wealth. And one who's given away more than half uh, of, uh, of, their, of their current wealth, which is George Soros. So there are people who give a lot. And in, and tons of these other billionaires will give a lot when they die, you know, in their will. Uh, but so far, you know, maybe not as much, uh, as much charitable giving as, as you might think. When you start to realize, uh, you know, these big numbers that you see for how much money they've donated are um, actually sort of pale in comparison to how much money they still have. I know that you said a trend of this year's list is the rich are getting richer and the list is hot off the press, but what's on your radar going into 2024 for the Forbes 400 then? Yeah, so, you know, as I mentioned, it's it's a super dynamic list. And so, you know, you're always looking for new trends. I think that we'll continue to see, um, you know, AI companies uh, pop up and it will be interesting to see if any of them um, sort of produce uh, billionaires who are wealthy enough to make this list. Um, you know, you have sports teams that are only seeming to grow in value. We have several uh, sports billionaires uh, who are not at the level of the 400 yet, but totally might be. Um, and then, um, yeah, I mean, you know, you're just always sort of looking to see what industry is going to, um, you know, produce a, a great billionaire fortune next. And, and so it's easy to see some of those trends sometimes coming from a long way away. And sometimes it's totally unexpected. You know, a few years ago, we were talking about NFT billionaires, uh, you know, and that stuff sort of came out of nowhere. It was pretty quick and, you know, we don't have heavy on the list anymore, but, you know, uh, it would have been hard to predict crypto billionaires a few years before we had them, you know, and it would have been hard to predict NFT billionaires. So, uh, so you never know, I guess, uh, who is going to be the next member of the 400 and, and sort of what industry is going to produce um, the next generation of, of great wealth in America. Chase, once again, congrats on the list being published. I know it's a tremendous undertaking, and thank you so much for your reporting.
Yeah. Thanks for having me.